Lucy, just tell us a little bit about yourself. I've called you Miranda. Miranda actually isn't your name, but many people think that you are like Miranda Hart. Miranda Hart, yes. My clumsy oafishness and silly sense of humour, <laughs> I believe. Um, yeah, so I'm Lucy. I'm married to the lovely Ken. Yep. A beautiful 14-year-old daughter called Grace. They're both here tonight. Um, I've worked at Good Hope and Heartland Hospitals for the last 15 years. I've been coming to Sutton Colville Baptist Church for about 11 years. And my main hobby is having a very silly sense of humour. You've got a great sense of humour. We've got quite a similar sense of humour. And we quite often call each other Miranda because people think we're both like Miranda. If you'd like to text in and reassure me that I'm nothing like Miranda, that would be absolutely fantastic. Richard, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm Richard, and I've been part of this church since the 1980s. Gosh, it's before we were born. Um, yeah. Although I didn't grow up um, as a Christian. Um, I'm married to Kate, and I have uh, four children, two wonderful granddaughters, and two very naughty dogs. <laughs> and, um, well, I, I don't have a proper job anymore. Um, I, I sold my business about three years ago, and that's al allowed me to do lots of things that uh, give me satisfaction that I, I enjoy. Uh, I'm a funeral celebrant. Um, I also volunteer in uh, the food bank and uh, for the divorce recovery workshop. Brilliant. Now, we're talking about how God finds us and takes us when we are in places where we're broken, where we're hurting, where life is difficult. And I think many of us find ourselves in those places at different times in life. It's really difficult to go through life without getting hurt. And that may be because of the decisions that we make. Mm -hmm. It may be because of the way that others treat us and their decisions towards us. It could be because of ill health. It could be because of the circumstances of life. It could be because there's a global pandemic going on. But it's very difficult to go through life without there being some kind of difficulties and some kind of hurt. And this isn't a new thing. This isn't just something that's been on the radar for a few years. This is something that as you look back through history, the past, however many thousands of years, people have always found themselves in times of difficulty and in struggles. And even if you go back through the Bible, there are pages and pages and chapters of people who get to that point of, I can't cope. I've come to the end of myself. I am really, really struggling. You know, just a few to mention, like Elijah. We find Elijah in the Old Testament. Here's a guy that, that God used to do great and amazing things. And yet afterwards, he's like, I'm just so tired of life. I want to go and die. He, he was that desperate and that broken. You look at someone like, David. You know, David, whose life was uh, in danger. He was being pursued. People were trying to kill him. And he's hiding out, fearing for his life. Where is God? Where is everyone? What is going on? You know, I could recount tale after tale after tale of, of people in the Bible. And I want to read just a bit of the Bible as we start. Uh, and this is from Psalm 86. Uh, and it's called a, a Psalm of David. And the Psalms are full of mainly David, but a few other people just being real and expressing the good, the bad, and the ugly of life. And in Psalm 86, this is David at his lowest point crying out to God. He says, hear me, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. 
guard my life, for I am faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Then he goes on a little bit later. He says, arrogant foes are attacking me, O God. Ruthless people are trying to kill me. They have no regard for you. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Turn to me and have mercy on me. Show your strength on behalf of your servant. Save me because I serve you, just as my mother did. So David is desperate, and David calls out to God. And God hears his cry, and over time we see this journey that happens of David finding restoration. And in a sense, you two are a modern-day story that could have been in the Bible. You two have lives where you have experienced some of life's difficulties, uh, dark and painful times. And as I said, I'm so grateful that you are willing to be here. And it's a very personal thing that you're going to do, just be talking about your lives. And I'm so grateful for that. But we're going to talk about some of the places that you found yourself in and just the journeys that you've been on of restoration, how God has helped you and what life looks like today. So Lucy, if we start with you, just give us a, a, a picture of what your darkest time was like. How did you get there? Just explain that to us. Yeah, I mean, there are quite a few messes to choose from, to be honest. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I've chosen to talk today about uh, my lowest moment in life, which was um, unfortunately when I got divorced. So um, I'd met... Uh, Gary, my first husband, opposites attract. He was very extrovert. I was quite introvert. Um, had a great relationship. Um, married in 2005. Uh, gave birth to the beautiful daughter Grace in 2007. Um, complete blessing in our lives. And then I noticed uh, my husband's behaviour started changing really in those first few months. And when Grace was four months old, he uh, announced that he was leaving, which came as a huge shock to me. Um, and we separated, and Grace and I went to live at my parents' house while we kind of sorted, sorted things out. So initially feeling complete shock and yeah. disbelief, um, starting to grieve, feeling very embarrassed, very humiliated. First person in my family to have ever got divorced, um, very confused by what had happened, um, and a lot of sadness. Yeah. And I think the absolute rock bottom point was just leading up to that first Christmas, because I kind of pictured uh, a new family, oh gosh, yes. Grace's first Christmas, uh, and that was probably the, the worst moment. Yeah. And, and how did that make you feel? I mean, you've talked about being embarrassed. Did it affect your mental health? Did it affect... Were you depressed? Uh, what were the kind of emotions that yeah, you were going Yeah, I think through? at that point, well into like a grief process, mm. a bit like a bereavement really, mm. going through all those different emotions and definitely uh, clinically depressed at that point, although mm. I didn't really recognise it until mm. a little bit later. Mm. So that was an incredibly low moment, completely mm. unexpected, out of the blue. You just had the beautiful grace, everything was great, and then bang, in an instant, because of your husband's decision... All of that changed, and your world got kind of traded collapsed. in for a different model. That you was got traded in. Yeah. Gosh. 
It wouldn't have been a better model. <laughs> we love you, Luce. We think you're brilliant. So that's a really difficult place to find yourself yeah. in. Gosh. Okay, now, Richard, tell us about the mess that you got yourself into. Oh, just so many messes. <laughs> <laughs> Which one would you like? <laughs> I suppose the one that is really apparent to me, um, which is rather similar to uh, Lucy, but um, uh, 30 years ago, um, on this very spot where I'm um, sitting now, uh, I got married here. And, um, well, actually, I'd, I'd already messed up uh, before getting here because um, uh, my uh, girlfriend had announced uh, that she was pregnant and um, uh, I was very much doing the right thing. Um, I, I mean, our relationship wasn't that fantastic. I think it would have probably fizzled out um, in time. Uh, but, uh, but I was very full of reasons why I should uh, get married, which were about being a father to this child, about um, uh, my mother was terminally ill at the time, and wouldn't it be nice if she was at the wedding? And all sorts of reasons like that, which are not great things to base a, uh, a marriage on. Um, and um, I got married, and in fact, we, uh, we had uh, two children together. Um, but um, before very long, probably about two years, um, everything was breaking down and uh, it was all a mess. It was all a fight. It was fighting, fighting for uh, the children. It was uh, fighting over money or just fighting. It was, um, it was everything. It was, uh, oh, I don't know, it was sort of rejection and unworthiness and anger and bitterness and um, this this whole cocktail of that uh, certainly brought me to a very very uh, low place mm -hmm. and for both of you what did this do to your self-esteem your, your sense of how you felt about yourselves did you blame yourselves I did, yes. <laughs> I, certainly, I certainly blamed myself for being in that situation. Um, and interestingly, I, I stopped coming to church. Or if I came to church, I would dash in and dash out very quickly uh, without talking to anyone. Uh, because I thought that all the people in church had got their lives worked out. Actually, <laughs> anyone over about 30 was very scary anyway and sorted. Uh, but in my perception, which was obviously absolutely wrong, um, yep. these people hadn't been through anything like this. And, and I was... A lot of the people there had actually been to my wedding not that long before, and I felt I'd let them down, I'd let God down. Mm. Um, and um, that I, 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 all the help was here, but I didn't realise it. Mm. That's and, interesting. Uh, I think that's certainly a, a lesson we have to have to, to be involved in divorce recovery workshop, which both both of us are involved in. We have to to have any role, even serving the coffee. You have to have been through divorce yourself, and I can understand that now. Mm. How important that is. Uh, because um, it's very easy to think that 
everyone is very sorted out. And I'm sure mm -hmm. lots of the people in church would have felt that if they brought their problems to church, they'd be letting God down, mm. when actually they'd be giving people hope. Absolutely. Um, and that was exactly what I needed. I think it's so interesting that you felt you couldn't come to church. And uh, one of the things that we try and do with this church, as you know, is just be real. Yes. Uh, and not pretend that any of us have it sorted. I don't yes. have it sorted. Donald doesn't have it sorted. We have our issues and, and questions of life. We go through that. We talk each week about the things that we struggle with that are related to the subject. And I think in doing what you're doing tonight, it gives other people permission because people will look at you both that know you and they'll think, you've got it all sorted. You're both lovely people. You're great to hang around. You've got great families. You get involved in lots of different things. And actually the backstory is really good for people to begin to hear, to think, okay, so these guys, these have a history. They've, they've been through stuff. Uh, and I think it gives people permission to say, I'm struggling. Actually, this, this is an area in my life that's really difficult. Mm -hmm. But it also gives them hope. Yes. Because it sounds as though you were in a very dark place. How was your self-esteem with all of that, Luce? I don't know if you can go into negative figures, can you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't that strong to begin with so yeah definitely at uh, zero you know and the thought of sort of going out on my own to places when I've been used to being in a couple mm. and uh, I didn't know anybody who was going through divorce in my sort of circle of friends mm. and family um, and at that point I wasn't coming to church I didn't have a faith um, which I can talk about a bit later mm -hmm. but yeah and I couldn't understand why on earth you know, somebody would leave when they'd planned to have a child, would, would leave you that quickly afterwards. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't understand it. And I thought, I must be the only person in the world going through this. Mm. So initially then, where did you turn to for help? What was your response? You found yourself in this complete pickle, in this complete nightmare. You went to stay with your parents, Lucy. What happened next? Where, where did you begin to think about, how, how can I move on from this? Yeah, I mean... Friends and family were superb, amazing, but I felt like a broken record, like I was stuck and mm -hmm. I was getting really boring because I was just <laughs> stuck in this really low place and repeating over and over and just couldn't seem to move on. Mm. So I did take myself off to the GP because mm. I thought I'm probably clinically depressed here. GP was great and I did, did have some medication from the GP that just, you know, altered the old brain chemicals, allows yeah. you to function a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and then I went to Relate, because I didn't realise at first you can go to Relate on your own. I thought it was just for couples, so that was quite helpful. Mm -hmm. But again, hadn't met anybody who was going through um, divorce. Um, and then I was up at uh, Mere Green Library, actually. I can't remember why. And saw the little notice on the library notice board for Divorce Recovery Workshop. And, I, and I, it was just like a light bulb moment. I was like, yes. So I phoned um, David and Helen Bennett, who ran it at the time, and signed straight up. Um, and that was the, the best thing I could have done because I met people um, who were all going through divorce for all different reasons. And at last, I could share my experience with somebody and not feel so alone. Mm. Mm. What about you, Richard? What were the first steps that you began to take in, in trying to sort out I, sp I suppose in being a bit of a lad, um, I probably went to a lot of the wrong people to talk to uh, in my circle of friends. 
talking down the pub, uh, who gave me, um, who, who were very supportive in one side <laughs> of the argument. Um, my father was surprisingly helpful. I remember when I went to see him to say that um, uh, I was getting divorced, I, I said, this must be really difficult for you because uh, in his generation, in his circle of friends of that generation, um, his friends and family, no one had got divorced. Mm -hmm. And uh, he looked at me, he thought for a moment, and he said, um, that's true, but there are an awful lot of them who should have got divorced. <laughs> and um, he started going, going round, uh, 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 mentioning a few of our friends and uh, uh, more distant relatives, in case any of them are listening. Um, <laughs> and, he'd say, and he'd say, you know, look, have you ever noticed that that couple will only go on holiday in a, in a big group of people, or they'll, they'll never spend time together? And, and it became, he was actually surprisingly understanding that mm. um, uh, in his generation, uh, there were a lot of people who uh, were in unhappy uh, marriages, but um, were of a generation where they just grinned and bore it and found coping strategies. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So your dad was helpful. Your mates at the pub uh, gave you some input. Yeah. Where else? Talk us through this, this the beginnings before, of this journey. This was before um, uh, there was such a thing as divorce recovery yep. workshop. And um, in a lot of the things I do, I'm, I, I rather like, does that <coughs> sound a bit trendy now, because there's a hashtag, which Ooh. is something like, be what you needed when you were younger. Okay, yes. And uh, that sort of resonates with me, uh, because uh, certainly something like Divorce Recovery Workshop was absolutely you know, what I needed to be mm. with people who, who understood, who had been mm. there. Um, it, it, interestingly, I didn't know what you were going to say earlier about the people uh, in the Bible who have, um, uh, who have messed up, but uh, that was very useful to me, uh, learning how so many of these real heroes of faith in the Bible are people who are murderers, are, are messed up in all sorts of ways. And uh, it was very restoring to me to realize that um, it's not about coming to, 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 to God with a pure heart, mm -hmm. but more coming to him with a true heart. Mm -hmm. And um, that was very important in realizing that um, God is an expert in using people who've who've messed up, mm. if, if you will, mm. uh, ask him and allow mm. him to. So talk to us then about how you interacted with God throughout this whole time and how God be began to help and to heal and to restore you. I would, I would think the, the period where I was at, at my worst going through all the awfulness of divorce it, it was, I found it difficult to, to, to pray, mm -hmm. to come to church, though that side of things. But it was, my faith was always there. Mm -hmm. And um, there were people I learned that I could speak to um, within the church 
her family. And gradually, I, um, I did come, uh, come back to church. And um, there, are, there are various sort of principles that, that, that are very helpful in, in rebuilding. So just to rewind one second before you talk about those principles, you talk about the fact that you had a faith already. When did all of that begin for you? So how, how did you first begin to explore your faith and, and become a Christian? This goes back to when I was about 18 or 19 years old. I think it, um, it would be round about the time um, of um, Mission England. And um, Frank Cole, in fact, who many people in the church uh, will know, um, was at um, Duke Street Church at the time. And he came and knocked on my friend's door uh, when I, I, I was round at his house. Uh, and um, he, he was uh, taking a coach to see Billy Graham, and um, would anyone like to come? And, so this um, random guy just knocks on the door. I know. How old were you at the time? Round about, probably 19. Okay, so you're old enough to be able to get in a coach with a man that you don't know. That's okay. <laughs> I was just thinking, Frank Cole's rounding up a whole load of children and get on my coach, children. But that's fine. <laughs> you, you were 19. Sorry, I Frank. So. Okay, yeah. yeah. So Frank knocks on the door invites you along to Mission England. Now, just explain what Mission England is. It was, um, it was Billy Graham mm -hmm. doing, who spent a lot of his life just traveling the world doing crusades, and huge crusades. This one was at Villa Park. So people gathered and he would preach. He preached, and then um, uh, thousands of people uh, would come forward at the end. It was... Uh, Wanting to become a Christian. One, yes. So was that the first time you'd heard about Christianity or had you been to church before that? Was there any interest in it? It's something that I had discussed with my friend before and I did... I was curious about. Mm. Um, we, one other thing that had happened, um, I had... Um, there had been... Um, uh, British Youth for Christ uh, used to um, uh, send someone into schools and um, we learned that when it was raining outside um, you could go inside if you went to the Christian Union <laughs> and so we were sort of naughty boys um, at, at, at the back who'd really got in there to be disruptive and mm -hmm. cause trouble uh, but what was really important to me was um, I had very negative perceptions of Christianity, of people wearing robes and ritual and um, all that sort of stuff. And here was uh, a guy, I think it was John Brewster in those days, um, wearing, a, wearing jeans and a t-shirt and drinking coke out of a can uh, and just talking about his friend Jesus. And this was quite a revelation to me. Mm -hmm. I realized that it, it was something very real, very mm. um, attainable, something that I could relate to. Mm. So you'd been on a kind of a little bit of a journey, we love so, the word so journey. So I, I had been on a bit of a journey, yeah. but, um, but yes, um, that, uh, that knock on the door from Frank Cole was... Um, you got on the bus and the, the journey day. took you to Villa Park, yeah. and that's when you decided, actually, I want to follow Jesus, I want yeah. to... Did I didn't you, go did forward, you? I wasn't that brave. Did you but, follow uh, the villa as well? <laughs> Do you follow the villa? I'm not a football. I don't understand. Okay. I don't know where to look. When okay. I don't at the ball. To, 
Yeah, yeah. Really watch the ball. Watch the ball. Okay. So that's your journey as to how you became a Christian. Lucy, when you were initially going through all of this, you didn't have any faith. So had you been to church or anything growing up? Had there been anything in you that wanted to explore Christianity? I think I'd been dropped off at Sunday school a few times up to about the age of six down in uh, Warmley Chapel. Okay, yeah. And then my perception of church was through, you know, funerals and weddings and only really been to Church of England churches and, you know, was interested but never kind of felt any sort of connection. I found it quite formal, Mm -hmm. that that, uh, you obviously hadn't been to our church. <laughs> no, so from the age of six to about the age of 33, no. No faith, no interest. Um, and no. then did Frank Cole come and knock on your door Thankfully and say, not. get in my bus? Thankfully <laughs> not. I'll sort of run for the hills. <laughs> so, um, so you'd kind of been a little bit interested but not pursued it. No, I've kind really of been on lived the radar. in Sutton my whole life, driven past this building so many times. Yeah. Didn't realise what on earth was going on inside, yep. like I do now. And how did you begin to come through the door and find out what on earth was going on inside? I think great that Divorce Recovery Workshop was so in we were, a church building. So we were running a Divorce Recovery Workshop. Yep, just explain to us what a Divorce Recovery Workshop is. Um, it's just a series of um, six evenings. Um, facilitated as Richard said by everybody making the tea and coffee welcoming you in and actually speaking at the course have all been through divorce as well so it's very welcoming, very safe Um, in the first couple of weeks you get very emotional, you're kind of telling your stories and then as you progress through the course and receive support from each other you you begin to turn towards the future so um, and little did I know it really, but a lot of people were saying to me, oh, you've got a young daughter, why don't you come and try playgroup? And, <laughs> you know, I didn't realise there were so many activities going on. So I got invited to a few social events where I did, in fact, meet uh, the husband, Kenneth, through um, a divorce recovery workshop social event. Gosh. Yeah. So that, that was strange. And funnily enough, Richard knows uh, my husband as well, don't you? You yes. knew him before yes. I did. Gosh. Yeah, Gosh. so yeah, it was on a divorce recovery workshop social event that I bumped into the Kenneth. Oh, the, the lovely Kenneth, we love Ken. <laughs> He's a good lad. Yeah. So we got you in the doors through got a divorce got me recovery workshop. Came to play group, and then Helen and David Bennett just kept inviting me and inviting me. Why don't you just come to church one Sunday? And I was thinking, <laughs> no, you bunch of weirdos. No, I'm not going. Why do Why do I want to go to church? Like I just couldn't understand the concept that yeah. I would ever come to church. Just you know wasn't really in my family or my, or my friendship groups and then I think I was feeling really 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 low one Sunday and I thought well you know there's nothing else let's try it <laughs> walked through the door and immediately saw um Jodie Robertson who I knew from playgroup and David and Helen and they sort of beckoned me over and then wow it hit me the, the Baptist church hit me with its wonderful you know informality and, and realness and worship and music I've, I've always really enjoyed you know singing in choirs and in music groups and I just thought wow and I think literally from that Sunday I just came every week <laughs> so my friends thought I was well still do think I'm slightly bonkers <laughs> um, but yeah and then this mustard seed of faith was planted you know I had a couple of God incidences, I like to call them, as um, Donald was preaching. And uh, 
then I became a bit of a course junkie. I think I came on pre-alpha, alpha, alpha plus, alpha plus, 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 <laughs> questions of life. I mean, it all involved a lot of food Absolutely. and tea and coffee. Yeah. So yeah. that was also quite an incentive as well. Yeah. And then just was welcomed into this multi-age community. And then Grace was welcomed in and went to Sunday school. And this whole world opened up to us. And, uh, you know, thank, thank God that I've now got a faith. Mm -hmm. And how did that faith and that relationship with God help you to process what you were going through um, and what you'd been through and begin to kind of put you back together again? How, how instrumental was your faith in that? I mean, there is, there is a small part of scripture that I've... Uh, Go for it. I'm not very good at explaining this, though. So, um, I mean, I kind of find this quite amusing as well. So Matthew 7, verse 3, all about being quite judgmental about other people. So, uh, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own <laughs> eye? And it's quite humorous, really, <laughs> but it, that just yeah. really, really hit home. You know, what? when I was so bitter about the divorce and everything, like, why, why am I judging the other person and um, it's never 100% somebody's fault and 0% mm. your fault, is it? Um, you know, I, I have done and I continue to say the wrong thing, think the wrong thing, get a bit grumpy when I shouldn't do, sorry. <laughs> um, They're nodding. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that really um, struck home. And, and another, another piece of scripture, I think this is quite early on when I came to church, actually, talking through um, John 8, verse 7. Um, you can explain this better than me, Kath, the context. But the phrase that spoke to me was, he who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone. Mm -hmm. And then everybody was like, well, I'm not without sin, so I can't throw a stone mm -hmm. and I need to walk away. And, you know, we're all, we're all sinners, aren't mm -hmm. we? And we all need forgiveness and we all need to forgive mm. everybody else and we need to forgive ourselves mm. and was that really helpful and releasing thing to Very begin releasing. to do to give all of your anger and your judgment and your hurt to god and it, i'm assuming that wasn't just an instant thing right there you go god but that over time was something that you and god think worked that, through that, that sermon was was like a huge awakening really mm. um yeah, perhaps I even think I might have come a, become a Christian during that service, actually, mm. which was quite mm. early on. Just a huge revelation that mm. um, I suppose coming to church is against uh, common culture. How, yeah. how do you? It's countercultural. Countercultural, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So whereas everybody's so critical and so vocal and so worried about little things, mm. it began a real transformation in my heart. Mm. Mm. I mean, that passage that you've just quoted from is the uh, woman that was caught in adultery. Yeah. And uh, again, this is a, another great story that reminds us of the compassion and the forgiveness and the grace of God. Because she's brought before Jesus and the crowds have gathered. They want to stone her to death because that's what the law says. And then Jesus just says, okay, as you've said, if any of you is without sin, you, you throw that first stone. And they all very quickly begin to realise, whoa, actually, no, all of us have messed up. And so Jesus doesn't humiliate her. He doesn't say, oh, 
we've caught you in adultery, you're a complete nightmare. He sends everybody away because none of you can judge her, but Jesus can, but he doesn't. He tells her to go from her life of sin and he forgives her and gives her another chance. She's, she's able to start over again. And in a sense, that's what we're talking about tonight, isn't it? With, with God, how he takes us where we're at. He doesn't humiliate us. He doesn't judge us and say, Lucy, you've been a complete nightmare. You deserve to be where you are. Richard, oh, my life, where do we begin with you? You know, he easily could. When we look at our lives, we look at the ways that, I mean, I've stuffed up a million times, as we all know. Um, and God could very easily say, Kath, enough's enough. You know, now you're on your own. You deserve just face the consequences. But he doesn't. His love and his compassion for us is so great that whatever the mess we get ourselves into, whether it's our fault, whether it's someone else's fault, mm. he's there at work. And I love the way that he just gently spoke to you through a sermon, that it wasn't a Lucy, you are being out of order, you are judging your ex-husband, you sinner. But there was something, just talk about what was going on inside, talk about how you felt and responded as you heard that. Yeah, I mean, I suppose as I was going through the divorce process, you know, you do, you do look back on in any sort of long-term relationship, like we were together seven or eight years, and you think, well, that's actually, yeah. Um, you know, there were ups and downs, and it wasn't just that final event. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were definitely things that I could take on board that I'd done wrong in that relationship and things I'd said, and mm-hmm. it just allowed me to uh, be more real, I think, and mm-hmm. I suppose accept responsibility part of the responsibility myself but then also move forwards and um, start to you know use the word forgiveness in in terms of my ex-husband but then also forgiveness at the things I'd done Mm. so that I wasn't stuck in all this bitterness and grief that I could actually Mm. begin to live a more useful life again. Mm. (laughs) And what what did it all do to your uh, self-esteem because you talked about being in minus numbers has that gone from the minus to the neutral slash positive uh, and how has it done that and, and how do you see yourself today yeah um still generally struggle with um, self-esteem and confidence but um i find myself recently um i've been spent a year working at heartland's hospital and i get have to get into work very early because you can't park otherwise it's a blinking nightmare <laughs> but it's great because my office i discovered is just next door to the uh, multi-faith centre. So I go in there every morning, kind of say the same prayer, and I just ask um, God to be, you know, fill me with his Holy Spirit every day, surround me, be in my, be in my, um, my thoughts and my heart, mm. and particularly be in my tongue so that I can speak kindness. Um, and just ask for God to to prompt and guide me with all, all the people I'm going to encounter today. Mm. And I feel that sense of calm, calmness, mm. and it kind of sets me right for the day. And then I'm mm. hopefully in a better place to be compassionate and co- encourage mm. others during mm. the day. And it's a place also if I'm really f- feeling stressed or anxious or worried about things, I can lay all those worries um, at the feet of God each mm. morning. And also, I usually backtrack over the last 24 hours and think, right, what do I need to ask for forgiveness for? Like, last night, Ken and Grace will confirm I was quite grumpy. (laughs) 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 And, uh, yeah, I prayed this morning and 
and hopefully I was quicker than I used to be with um, saying to them, look, I'm really sorry, mm. I feel tired, I feel a bit stressed. Mm. Please forgive me, I'm sorry. And I did actually uh, text Grace, who was upstairs, and say, Mummy's grumpy, really sorry. So I think that's changed. Yeah. And as you look back on that period of your life, the divorce, how do you feel about it now? Um, yeah, I think I've learned a lot about myself. Like what? Uh, what have you learned about yourself, Luce? That you're amazing? No. No, you are. No, don't you say no. Um, hopefully I'm a, I'm a bit better wife second time round. I don't know. Ken would definitely disagree with that. <laughs> oh, no, Ken loves you. You're great. Um, trying to think. No, that's great. That's great. You look back at it and it doesn't feel like, oh, that was just a complete nightmare but kind of God's dealt with some of that emotions and those feelings, and you can look back more objectively at it. I think it's given me a lot more empathy towards people as well, not just people going through divorce, but going through difficult times. Because mm. you learn what you value, don't you, when you're in mm. life's darkest moments, and hopefully you've got more empathy and you can give more out and recognise the signs in other people. Mm. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. Brilliant. Richard, so you, you went on the, the uh, magic bus with Frank and you made it to the crusade. I love that. That's just brilliant. And um, <laughs> then life went downhill. You got divorced. At first, didn't want to go to church because you thought everybody was perfect, but then began to realize that actually it's probably the best place for you to go. So talk us through just that little bit of a journey of beginning. You talked about there were things that, lessons that you'd learned, key things for you in, in moving on from, from where you were? Yes, I, I think um, I learned, well, these are things that resonated with me that, 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 that I learned were, was um, that it's okay to be broken. And in fact, God can use that, which is exactly what's happening with things like um, uh, divorce recovery. Mm -hmm. And um, also in the food bank, I'm, I'm forever, it, I, I, my life seems to revolve around being with people in often the lowest points of mm -hmm. their life with, mm -hmm. with the funeral celebrancy and um, mm -hmm. with the food bank where you've got people in all sorts of dire straits and problems. And it's, it's a real privilege. And that can, you have to have had uh, experience of brokenness yourself mm. to really be able to uh, operate mm. and empathize in that situation so that was that was important um, I think a, a spirit of gratefulness I think this is often what uh, sets Christians apart in how they deal with such things you know I could I could be forever bitter um, that I lost my mother at tw when I was uh, at 27, or I can be grateful that, um, that uh, uh, she was in my life for 27 years and the, the, the wonderful uh, gift that that was. Mm. And you, you really make that choice. And in the same way with my, with, with my divorce, I, I, I I could continue to be bitter about that period of my life, or, or I can celebrate the fact that I've got uh, uh, two wonderful children from that marriage, 
uh, mm -hmm. who are very much a part of my life now, and two grandchildren, mm -hmm. and, um, and also of that experience as well. What helps you to do that? You know, what helps you to go from the, I'm struggling with this, that wasn't great, I'm hurt and upset with it, to the, I'm going to look at the positive and give thanks for what is good that I can take out of it. How do you get to that place? I think for, it's something that comes through a relationship with God. But uh, I think what Lucy mentioned, the, the very important word is forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is what we're always aiming for in divorce recovery workshop, bringing people to a place uh, where, where they say, I am not a failure, my ex is not a failure, my marriage was a failure, mm -hmm. and um, I, it probably took me quite a few years to, um, uh, uh, to uh, come to a point of forgiveness Mm -hmm. uh, with uh, my ex-wife. It took even longer for me to come to a point where actually I was thinking, yes, perhaps there are things that she would need to forgive me for mm -hmm. uh, and uh, for, for my part in, in, in the marriage. And that, <laughs> it's, it's easier as the years go by. But it, it is such an important process, that mm. process of forgiveness. Mm. And where does God fit into the process of forgiveness? Is that something that he can help us to do? I mean, oh, I know... certainly, yes, yes. Um, it's... I mean, prayer is extremely important. Bringing things to, to God, asking for, for forgiveness... Mm. And recognizing the need for forgiveness, mm. yeah, mm. that whole principle of a, that, that, of a, being able to mess up, mm. a, and yet still still have uh, being able to bring that to the cross and mm. redeem your value. Mm. Yeah. Are there any scriptures over the years that have been really important to you that have spoken into this whole process of healing and, and moving on? No, I'm not much of a theologian, really, but, um, and I won't pretend to be, but, um, but there, are, there are some uh, some sort of useful ones that uh, come to a lot of use in my mind are, are ones like um, just be still and know mm. that I am God mm. just to just to s s stop and recognize that and yeah. recognize that uh, uh, that if you if you bring things to God he, he has the power to heal mm. Absolutely. He, he does have a plan he is in in charge mm. Mm. Yeah. I've had a couple of messages in that I'm going to read to us uh, the first is from Heather Mabry. She says, Lucy and Kath, you are lovely individuals. I'm sure she means you as well. But then she goes on to say, sometimes Miranda is like you. Blessed to know you both. Um, and then we've had an anonymous message. And it says, in my 20s, I made some foolish decisions regarding a relationship. But with prayer and counselling, 
God removed me from it and restored me. During a particularly important prayer time, I felt God get hold of me by the scruff of the neck and pull me out of that relationship. A couple of weeks later, during some counselling, God gave me this verse, uh, Psalm 18, verses 16 and 17. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They go on to say, God did this for me. He totally restored me. Although there was some serious heartbreak with lots of prayer and counselling, God restored me and prepared me to then, a few years later, meet my husband. So that's somebody else that's just talking about finding themselves in a situation, in a place that wasn't God's best, that wasn't right for them, and, and how God met them in that place. And that's what you've been talking about. For you two, it was uh, particularly in the breakdown of a relationship. But for other people, it could be in any kind of difficulty or trouble that they have got themselves into. The, the message of this evening is that God is a God who loves us. A God of grace and mercy, a God who forgives us, a God who knows how to help us step by step work out how we can begin to move on. There's no magic answer. There's no magic prayer that you pray and immediately everything is okay and sorted. Because these things sometimes take a little bit of time to unravel and to work through and to process. But when we seek God, when we ask him to help, your story is that he meets us in those places. Sometimes through the miraculous, like a random bloke knocking on your door, getting you onto the fun bus. <laughs> Sometimes by somebody saying, would you come to church? Or what about this? Or what about that? And for me, that encourages me that actually the way that we get alongside people, the way that there are those around us that are broken and are hurting, they need people like you and me to get alongside, how are you doing, how can I help, and to get us on the fun bus, or to get us through the doors of the church, or to invite us to play group. You know, these are little steps on the journey to you two finding uh, faith and finding freedom and healing. And the freedom and healing isn't just for a certain few people. And we don't have to jump through a million hoops. It is just as you were talking about the heart. It is about your heart. It's about saying, okay, God, I may not believe in you, I may not know that you're there, but I'm asking, would you help? Because I am struggling. And you don't have to have the, the most wonderful of words. You don't need to be really eloquent. You can shout and scream and use whatever words are there. God's big enough to handle it. We don't have to be clean and pure and, oh God, I am struggling, please help me. You know, there are times when I am real and raw and full of emotion. God, I can't cope. This is just awful. Would you meet me? And so our encouragement is to invite people, wherever they're at, whatever they're struggling with, to invite them to know that God knows them, to know that God is interested in their lives and wants to like, pick them up by the scruff of the neck in love and help them into a, a, a different place. And that's what you've been talking about. Now, you've been through these journeys so I'm assuming that now everything in your life is perfect and sorted and, and you don't have any more issues. Is that right, Luce? Uh, no. 
<laughs> so again, God hasn't waved a magic wand and life now is just all wonderful. You still have the highs and the lows and the ups and downs and the bumps that, that life brings us. But now you've got God. I mean, you've talked a bit about this through uh, work and stuff. But what difference does God make in your everyday life? Luce? Um, I mean, one amazing thing that's happened... Uh, in the last few months is the opportunity for reconciliation. So, um, unfortunately, my my ex-husband has just recently left his next wife and child, gosh, (laughs) Um, and she contacted me recently, and we hadn't really spoken over the years. It was a very difficult, challenging situation. Um, but now we've actually moved to a point where, um, her name's Sarah, where Sarah and Grace's half-sister Layla actually come round to our house pretty much every Sunday. And um, the girls have been able to develop a really good relationship and I've been able to de- develop a really good relationship with Sarah and we've, uh, she's going through divorce now, which Gosh. is awful. Yeah. Um, and I've been able to support her. Mm. Um, so I think there's, there's no way without faith and without having kind of my heart transformed mm-hmm. and uh, through having a faith that I would have been in a place to, you know, reconcile in that way and actually build a really positive relationship out of it. Most people wouldn't have reacted like that. Most people would have been, you're the woman that took away my husband. Da, 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 da. I'm not going to talk to you and would have said a whole load of things that wouldn't have been helpful. But that's incredible the way that God has worked in mm. your life. So that's not the case. That is wonderful. I think I'm more future thinking now, not, not, so, not yes. so much yes. you know, going over the past over and over and over. Let's be in the present and what do we need to achieve in the future, really? So that's incredible. God really has helped, to forgive, mm. helped you to forgive and has set you free from those emotions and that pain. And you can look at it objectively mm. and you can look at her and be sympathetic and have compassion. And for enjoy each other's at. company. Gosh. <laughs> Gosh, so the old and the new model get on. Yeah, we do. She may be, she may be listening this evening, I hope. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, fantastic. Oh, lovely. That's brilliant. That is, that is really lovely. That it just shows what God can do. Wow. What about you, Richard? How does God help you in the everyday? Because I'm assuming your life also isn't yes, perfect. I, 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 life has moved on a lot since, um, since, since um, those days. And... Um, uh, I must mention that um, a couple of years later, I met um, the wonderful Kate, mm-hmm. and um, rather awkwardly, a few days um, into our relationship, um, I, uh, I mentioned um, that uh, I went to church, and um, it was a great relief when she said, oh, I go to church as well. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so, yes, it was uh, definitely a sort of God incidents that, uh, that, that we got together and mm. uh, we really are sort of soulmates. Mm. Um, uh, and I've forgotten the question you asked me, which I haven't <laughs> answered. No, it's great. Yes. I, I think that's fantastic. And you've got two lovely boys together as well. Yes. And you've yes. got two dogs. It, yeah, they're not so lovely. But they're not so, so lovely. Yeah. Uh, so how does uh, your faith now help you in just general everyday living? I mean, there's still the ups and downs and difficulties that come your way, how, how does faith help you in that? Well, I certainly see um, 
God guiding my path. And that has been very uh, apparent since uh, moving on from selling my business and uh, moving to this next stage of my, my life, that things have just, the right things have turned mm. up. Mm. He certainly seems to have shown me where I've got particular skills, things, mm -hmm. particular gifts mm -hmm. and uh, opportunities to use them. Um, I've learned to ask God to bring people to me and, mm -hmm. it, and, and create the, the right situations. And it really does work. I don't mm -hmm. always see it at the time. And then I think back and I think, why am I surprised? I asked for that. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and um, certainly um, sort of peace. Mm. I think peace, in, in, mm. I have a lot more peace in my life than I ever had mm. before at any other period in my life. But like Lucy, um, I still get messed up on a daily basis uh, and need unmessing. <laughs> but it's okay to be messed up, I've learned that. Absolutely. I think well, none of us are going to be perfect. Uh, and we're always going to do and say things. Uh, and God's good because God sees us uh, as he sees Jesus because of what Jesus has done. He doesn't see us as these complete nightmares, but he sees us as his children, yeah. precious and dearly loved. And he's never going to turn us away. Yeah. Even when we have our Miranda moments, he, you know, <laughs> still I, welcomes. I think, you, you know, a time of life where you're most lonely, most broken is probably when you're most open to exploring the possibility of faith. I don't know whether I'd have been prompted to otherwise. So that is a blessing in itself. Because <laughs> you're asking the big questions of life yes. when you're broken, aren't you? Like, if, what does it all mean? Yeah. If I hadn't been brought down to rock bottom through my divorce, I certainly wouldn't have um, uh, taken the leap of faith of uh, starting a business. I would have just mm. bumbled along doing the, in, in the, the good job that I had Mm. Uh, before uh, and that's mm. I think also very true in, in one's Christian walk that, mm. uh, that sometimes it, it can it can be a very restorative mm. process to, to reach a sort of rock bottom and have to start again mm. I think a lot of the people that we come into contact with would, would say exactly that that normally you kind of bumble along through life you don't really think about the, the deeper things in life you just life's quite busy it's quite full of stuff and you just exist and then when things are taken away or things break or things are difficult it's then that you gosh what is life all about what mm -hmm. who am i why am i here before i didn't have to think about it but now i do and it's often in those moments that people are more responsive to thinking about okay is there a god I need help. Could, could this God help me? Which is why it's so important for those of us that have a faith to get alongside folks that don't, mm. that in those moments we can encourage, we can pray, uh, and we can hopefully just gently uh, begin to point them in, in ways that we think will be helpful for them. Because all of us have... Mm. I mean, I've lived a life that's been quite colourful and chequered in the past, uh, and I sit here today by the grace of God, you know, uh, and I want others to experience that that relationship, that I'm not defined by my mistakes, I'm not defined by the past, I'm not defined by anything that I've done or anyone else has done to me, but I'm defined by God's love for me and the fact that I am his. Uh, and for me, that's incredible. And I want the whole world to experience that 
and to know that. Anything else that you want to say on this before we come into land and draw this to a close? Any other tips or things that you've learned or you would say to folks? Uh, can I mention that we're starting uh, another divorce recovery uh, workshop um, in uh, November? I think it's the 2nd of November. I've got, yeah. For, it's for six weeks. Tuesday evenings, I think, for seven weeks. Tuesday evenings. One of them is going to be a Wednesday, but um, you'll oh, find gosh. that out. Don't worry. Um, and um, everyone is very, very uh, welcome, whether, uh, whether you're going through divorce or just a breakdown of a significant uh, relationship. Yeah, you don't actually have to be married, do you? You don't actually no. have to be married to be... And, and talk and us through the different type of folks, different ages, different backgrounds that you've well, had. We have... Um, I mean, I'm looking at the, la the, the last course, so it's quite some time ago now because of lockdown, but um, I, I seem to remember we, we, we had someone in their early 20s yeah, with young, and we young had children. someone... Uh, who was probably in their 70s. Yeah. And the situation was surprisingly uh, similar. We also had someone um, who had uh, 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 been in a, uh, a same-sex uh, relationship that had broken down. And um, again, it, it, <laughs> the principles are exactly yeah. the same, yeah. uh, as, as, uh, surprisingly. Um, had so men, men and women not just all women is it we had men and women yes and it's great when you do get the, the dynamic of both genders in the room mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes and uh, although we we do take them through um, a course in effect of different uh, with lots of very useful things to learn I would say that the most important part is that bond that's created mm. in the group of a group of people who are uh, in the same situation, who are offering self-help self mm -hmm. to each other. Yeah. And that whole social aspect of it is probably yeah. a, a, at least as valuable as anything that we're actively teaching them. Mm. One of the things that I've seen in my role, I mean, before lockdown, I was responsible for various events. So we'd put on the, the cabaret uh, and the groups would come en masse in a group to, to our cabaret. They came to Cafe Church, lots of different things. that, And those groups have continued to come. Yeah. Even mm. years after they've uh, completed DRW, yeah. they still come. There is, yeah, there's something really special about that. So just talk me through a session, just very quickly. You walk in through our doors, you're welcomed in a sensitive, appropriate not jumped on kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, obviously, obviously church always involves uh, food and drink, so snackets, a Great. range of, of snackets. Um, and then, yeah, just getting to know people in a very gentle way. And then we normally watch a DVD together for around about half an hour. Could be on the subjects of uh, coping with your ex or forgiveness. Uh, letting go, moving on, uh, family matters, things like that. And then we kind of split off into smaller groups and have a bit of a facilitated discussion, a safe discussion. Um, and that's where the relationships really build. And we, f we find that weeks one and two, everybody's very emotional. Everybody's telling their story. But what, by week sort of three and four, they really are sort of challenging each other as to write uh, how can I move on from this? Mm -hmm. How can I be begin to rebuild my life?
and by week six, there, you know, there's a real strength, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think it's important to also say it, it, that there's, there's no sort of hidden agenda. It's not a... Um, it's not a, it's uh, not a Christian course. course. It's not yep. a Christian course, no. Uh, of course, the participants know that this is a church and that all, all the people involved yep. in facilitating are part of this church. Mm. But there is no... Um, there's no hidden agenda mm. in, in there. It is a, a secular mm. course. No, it's a, it's a national charity, isn't it? If you yes. Google DRW Divorce Recovery Workshop and see that it's three hearts that are the symbols of the, of the charity and we're just a branch of that. Mm. But it's, it, we're not talking about faith on that course at all, are mm. we? So it's, it's open to everybody. No, I mean, it, 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 I mean it, if, however, like Lucy, um, this, the, the, the church um, gives you a a hug like an octopus with all the, all the <laughs> tentacles <laughs> that are available, then, um, uh, then that's, uh, that, that's that can, wonderful. That can but only it's not... happen after Monday. Yeah. We can only do any kind ah, of hugging oh, after... Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, that's the byproduct of it, isn't it? Basically, we want to invite people to come, uh, that we want to provide a resource that will, that will help people because we love people, because we want all people to experience what you have in being set free and this is part of that that journey uh, and it's a really great course so you two and uh, Raymond as well you head up our drw work um yes. so if folks want to know more uh, i think there's a section on our website or they can email qolscbc.org.uk and i can put them in touch with you mm. and and we can go further so if they anybody out there watching or anybody knows anybody uh, invite them along it's a, a fantastic resource and a real help in, in absolutely and we must mention ray because uh, ray, ray is is the absolute engine of yes. uh, drw yeah. does fantastic work and super I know organized love to have been here tonight yeah yeah, yeah. we love ray but yeah. we're so grateful that you two have been here thank you so much richard and miranda thank you for all that all that you have shared as i said it takes a great deal to come and be so honest uh, and you've been incredibly helpful. We just want to encourage people that God cares, that God can help, whatever the situation, to begin to help us to walk forward, to move on and to find new and, and better things. So thank you for all that you've shared.